Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoyed this message. God bless you this evening. How are we doing? I'm happy to be here, as usual. Can't we just take a moment just to go before the Lord? Can I get everybody just lift their hands and just, I want you to right now, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, just begin to set it aside as we go before the Lord right now in prayer. Just begin to right now, out loud, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to receive from your word. And we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might dwell here with us in a tangible way. I ask you, Father, to speak to hearts. We come against every assault of the enemy upon every individual in this place in the name of Jesus. I command that peace would come upon everyone under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just for a few more seconds, keep praying in the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Um, I thought I was going to do this after the message. So this is going to, I am going to minister a word, but there's something I need to do here. Um, if you're in this building right now and you're either, you've either started a business or are praying about this coming, you're starting a business, you're, you're, you're taking active steps, not just something you've imagined, but you're starting to take active steps toward that or you've already established one, you're here in the building, would you just come stand up here for a second, please? I know there are several of you here. You, you've started a business, you, you, you've already actively working toward it or, or you have a business that you've started I didn't, I didn't realize there were that many in here I really do believe that you all need to listen very carefully to tonight's word it's a message on breakthrough and I believe that many of you here God is going to deposit seeds of faith to believe for greater anyone I know who's ever succeeded and I'm talking at levels that I look at it and go, oh my goodness, that's like unimaginable almost. I know several people who've become so successful that they, they've actually reversed their tithe. They give 90% to the church and they live better on the 10% than most people do on 100. And, and it's, it's this blessing of God that God has given to you. You know, in, in, the, in the scripture, there's different spiritual gifts described. One of the spiritual gifts that's described in the Bible is the gift of administration. And what not a lot of people recognize is the gift of administration is actually a business anointing. It's the ability to structure, organize, plan, create, and move things in a direction that's effective. And so I believe God has given that to you. But I will say this, and, and, and obviously this applies to everyone, but, but what you need to do is dedicate your businesses to the gospel. If you will dedicate your businesses to the gospel... There is no limit on what God will do with you. You can make deals with God when it comes to business. I've done it myself. It works. 
And he will hold you to whatever you commit, though. But I sensed in my spirit that as you're standing here, that God is going to begin to put faith in you um, for this message. Not just for you. This message is going to be for everyone tonight. I'm not doing a business seminar or anything like that. But I did sense that this is something that God wanted me to do, was pray over those of you who are, by faith, stepping out to do something. And I believe that 2020 for Praise Chapel Paramount, and I really truly believe this, 2020 is going to be the most, um, how do I put this, the most fruitful, abundant year, financially speaking, for this church. I believe it with all my heart. Um, I believe, Pastor Mark, this 2020, there's going to be, you're going to have, not that there's not some money put aside right now, but it's different. You know, we have money as a church we put aside for, for rainy days. But, I mean, there's going to be money that's coming in to where you're not even going to know where to assign it. You're not even going to know, well, well do we, we, we've already done everything we want to do. What do we do now? And it's going to just be exponential growth. And I believe part of that is because you guys all deciding in this season, it's funny to me. I was praying that as I was getting ready, the Lord showed me. He says, look at how many people in the church are beginning something. That's because I'm speaking to them. It's the Lord that's moving you to do it. And, and what you're doing is you're laying that at the altar, and you're going to follow biblical principles. You're going to follow the code of ethics in the Scripture. And you're going to do things the right way, meaning you're going to pay your taxes that you owe. You're going to pay your tithe and your offering that you owe. God's not going to bless a mess. You're sneaking behind not paying taxes. God's not going to bless that. He, he doesn't bless criminal enterprises. He blesses businesses with integrity. Okay? So, so, so do what's right, and you watch God bless you. You do what's right and watch God bless you. God will not bless a mess. Recognize that what you have and what you're starting and what you're doing is something that you're dedicating to the Lord. It's not your business, it's His. It's not your resource, it's His. And so as you grow, I believe that there are going to be several here. And even some of you sitting in there, there, there's more out there who are sitting there who are hesitating because you're kind of shy about it and you're afraid of being mocked for standing up here because you think that nobody will take you seriously. But there are people sitting in the congregation even right now who are stepping into this season of life and God's been stirring you to do it. This is going to be a season. And I believe that the next four years even are going to be just tremendous growth financially and I believe, as I said, this church will experience its greatest year, financially speaking, than ever before. I'm talking exponential growth. And I believe that we're going to be positioned to take over properties. I believe that we're going to be positioned to start new ministries. I believe that we're going to be positioned to fund in even greater levels the, the, the projects and the mission works that we have out there as a church. But it's going to begin right here. With those of you who dedicate your business, you know, all it takes, some of the largest ministries I know, they're funded 90, 80-90% of their income. They're funded by two or three of the wealthiest people in their church or ministry. You need to make a deal with God and say, God, if you make me that, I'll fund it. God, if you make me that, I'll put it, I'll, I'll, I'll give extravagantly. And we've got to begin to expand our minds on what it means to give extravagantly. What it means to go over the top exaggerated, abundant giving that, that even people would look at you and go, why would you do that? I'm talking about going all out. You know, in the book, in the book of Acts, they gave entire houses away. In the book of Acts, they give entire properties up, all for the sake of the gospel. And so I believe that there's going to be a giving spirit, and there's going to be this entrepreneurial spirit that begins to not, I, I, I was, I'll say, affect the body of Christ here. 
don't let anybody ever drag down the, the, the large thinking that God has placed inside of you. Don't ever settle and start thinking, well, maybe I'm just, maybe it's because the enemy will come to you. He'll say things like, if it was going to happen for you, it would have happened by now. Or you don't have what it takes to do what, I'm, what God's calling you to do. Or, or this thing is never really going to take off the way you imagine it. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even imagine. Well, I've, been, I've been talking with Eddie. Eddie. Eddie doesn't just see himself being a trainer. You, you see owning a chain of gyms like 24-hour fitness. I believe it'll happen. I believe it will happen. I, I, I see my brother Anthony beginning this, this clothing brand. I believe, I believe it's going to exceed your expectations. I think you don't even know what you've walked into. Did you hear what I said? I, I think not, not only, what I believe, not only are you going to be able to do all those things you want to do for your wife and for your daughter and for your family members, but it's going to go beyond that to where you can say, I am so blessed, I need to do something for the house of God. And, and, and if we keep that mentality, if we say, God, you put resources in my hands, I'll be the one who carries it for you, then God will do it. There's no doubt in my mind. The only thing is those who persist and those who work hard and those who do things right. That's it. That's all it takes. And you do that, God will bless it. You do that, God will make it fruitful. Beyond what you can imagine, you need to start thinking bigger. And so I'm going to pray that God would begin to remove the lid, that God would begin to raise the ceiling, that he would begin to affect each and every individual to start thinking bigger because I believe it's, it's ours for the taking if we will step out in faith and go. And you guys are going to be the front runners here in the church who will step out and show people, look, I'm taking a risk. Look, I, God, God anointed me to do this, so I'm stepping out in obedience to the voice of God to do something that God placed on my heart. Many of you are going to break the curse of poverty that's been in your family for generations. Many of you are going to break off that, that mentality that, that, that causes you to settle for just enough or causes you to accept lack as a part of your family's culture. It's no longer going to be that way. God says, I'm going to cause a new culture, a kingdom culture where there's abundance, where there's leftover, where there's enough to share with others to begin to become the norm for you. So here you are, the beginning of a new year coming up very soon. And you know, I'm a, I often say I'm a church kid, so I'm a little cynical. The, the preacher's always saying, next year is going to be your breakthrough year. I'm like, you said that last year. I don't believe it necessarily has anything to do with the year that we're entering or the timing of it. But, but there is, I, I keep saying this about 2020. I, I mean, every year I'll say, you know, yeah, God's moving. Yes, it's a great year. But something about this year, I sense it. And, 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 I, and I say that in reverence toward the Lord, not just to hype you and just say, I really do. How many collectively, you, you raise your hand, you would say, I just, knew, I just know that coming into this year, there's something bigger than I've ever imagined. How many of you have been saying? See, look, it's not just me. Everyone kind of knows this. There's something in the spirit that's shifting. And I believe that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I believe there'll be a transfer where God's going to take from those who've held, and he's going to transfer it over. He's going to begin to bless you beyond what you've imagined. And so, so he's going to cause favor. Favor means you're preferred. Favor means you're going to get calls and say, well, I was going to go with another guy, but there's just something about you. There's just something about what you have, and I want to, I want to go with you instead. It's not too late. You own a business or you're starting one. It's not too late to get down here. I challenge you in the name of, of, of Jesus to come and stand. Get down here. And don't feel like, okay, I'm going to be mocked by this or, or, or somebody, somebody may see and they may hold me to it. Good. That's a good thing. 
And some of you will go at different paces. Some of you will go at different levels. But I will say this, that I, I, I know with, with, with everything in my being, I know that there are future millionaires in our church. I know with everything in my being. And you may say... Some may be saying, some may be saying, well, well, why would he talk about what does money have to do with God? It has everything to do with it. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Money is very spiritual. God says if you can't handle money, you can't handle the things I give you in charge of heaven. Money is a test for how you handle what God gives to you. It, it's, it's a training ground for handling kingdom business. And so, so you need to realize that this is a very spiritual thing. And I believe it and I know it. And I'm, I, I'm declaring it, that, 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 um, that, that mentality of scraping by, that mentality of just enough, that mentality of, well, do we have enough for this or that and making choices? No. God says the best of the best. God says the top quality, the preferred seating, the best things for the kingdom. I believe in doing things first class for Jesus. All the way, 100%. The gospel deserves to be presented with excellence. And so God's going to put it in your hand. God's going to begin to bless you if you'll make the commitment now to bless the kingdom. He's not going to bless you so you can consume it. He's not going to bless you so you can buy multiple houses, multiple yachts, and multiple cars. God's going to bless you so you can take care of your needs and then take care of the church. So lift your hands right now all over this room. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I lift every individual here who is represented, every individual watching online, every individual who's still remaining in their seats for fear of being mocked. And I pray, Lord, that you would cause them to experience the abundant overflow of the kingdom of God. I declare that the culture of heaven will be their culture, that the abundance of heaven will be their abundance, that the blessing of God will rest on them, that the favor of God will prepare ways for them and open doors for them that would have otherwise not been prepared, that would have otherwise remained shut. And I declare right now that that lying enemy, that spirit of poverty that would try to get them to think small, that would try to get them to quit, that would try to get them to stop pushing for more, I rebuke that devourer in the name of Jesus. And I declare that faith is arising. I declare that blessing is coming. I declare 2020 is a year of overflow. 2020 is a year of abundance. 2020 is a year of more than enough. We declare this by faith in the name of Jesus. And all who receive say, Amen. give the Lord a hand of praise. Step here just for a second, guys. So don't forget this. I, was, I, I thought I was going to give this word at the end, but I'm going to preach a word right now, and you, you, you need to take notes tonight. You need to mark something out, you who are wanting to go into this new year with looking for more. And, and, and you got to make sure that you include the Lord as not, not, not your partner. He's the owner. And, and you, you, the Holy Spirit will direct the business. I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit's directed me to do one thing one way when logic said do it another way. I did it the Holy Spirit's way, and it saved my life. And, and, it, and it opened a door I thought wouldn't be opened. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Know his voice, follow his voice, obey his voice, and he's going to bless you. God bless you guys. Go back to your seats now. I want to talk to you tonight about the power of a sudden miracle. Now, if you're sitting here tonight and you're listening to me say this and you're 
hearing the sound of my voice, you're watching online, you're not sitting here by accident. You're not watching this by accident, so don't tune us out. You stay right where you are. You're going to scroll and look at something pointless anyway. God wants to talk to you. And God wants to talk to you. God has placed you here to listen to this message. God has placed you here. I prayed that God would only allow those to hear this who were ready to hear this. And I believe he's honored that. And I believe that you're here because God wants you here. And I want to talk to you about the power of a sudden miracle. A miracle unfortunately, is only needed if you find yourself in an impossible situation. But an impossible situation is the perfect setting for a miracle. Maybe you're there right now in your life and you're standing up against a stubborn obstruction in the spirit. You're standing up against something that has been there for years. You're facing an issue that you think will never cease to be an issue. You find yourself going in a cycle again and again and again. It could be things about yourself. It could be things about your loved ones. It could be things about the people around you. It could be things in your health. It could be things in your finances. It could be things in your emotions and in your mind and in your children. Whatever it is, there might be something you're dealing with today that only God himself can take care of. And you may be facing this situation and saying to yourself, I don't know how many times I've attempted to fix this. I don't know how many times I've prayed for it to go away. I don't know how many times I've asked God to help me with it. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God has the power to transform your situation in an instant. And what took years from your life, what took sleep from your life, what took peace from your mind, what took peace from your heart, the devourer that has tried to destroy, that thing is about to be uprooted and moved. And God says, you'll never have to look back again. There is a new season that God is moving us into. There is a new season in the spirit. There is something shifting. You can sense something in the heavenly realm moving. And God is causing his people to rise from that poverty, to rise from that darkness, to rise from those ashes of discouragement and step into the destiny that he has ordained for you. God is going to perform a miracle on your behalf. Expect it, believe it, and tell the enemy that you're going to stop believing his lies that would say that it's not coming. You're not going to stand for that anymore. You're not going to allow certain things in your home anymore. You're not going to allow certain lies to harass your mind anymore. You're not going to allow a sickness to rob your joy. You're not going to allow a circumstance to take your peace of mind. You're going to face that storm because God is the one who is in control and he's the one who's going to perform and bring you out of it. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. God opens doors that seem impossible to open. He opens springs of water in the deserts. He causes the sun to stand still. He spoke and caused galaxies to come into existence. And he even commands power over the grave. God infinitely powerful. God infinitely knowing. God omnipresent is with you. He's in you. He's for you. And he's going to perform something on your behalf. 
So I want to go real quickly, Joshua chapter 6, beginning at verse number 1. I'm going to read five verses right now, and then I'm going to go back to talking to you a little bit about these verses. So the Bible says here, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give, when you hear the priests give the long blast of the ram's horns, have all the people shout, as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. I love in the book of Psalms where it tells us that God breathed the breath from his nostrils and he caused the Red Sea to stand up like walls because it directly correlates with what he's doing here or about to do in Joshua chapter 6. It was the breath of God that caused the Red Sea to stand up like walls and it was the breath of God that caused the walls to fall like water. God can cause whatever needs to happen in your situation. Now here the Israelites were promised something. God said, it's yours. God said, go in and get it. God gave them the vision. God showed them what he had for them. He said, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm guaranteeing it. All you have to do is step in and take it. So they walk up to this place and they see that there's a land that God has prepared for them. But blocking their way are the walls of Jericho, tightly shut, nobody going in or out. The enemy, it's interesting to me, was actually afraid of the Israelites because they heard of what God had done for them. You see, the reason the enemy is fighting you so hard is because he's seen the favor of God at work in your life. The reason that the enemy is fighting you so hard in this season, it's because if your life is any indication of what God will do, then that means he's about to be defeated. If your life has proven anything, it's that God has a pattern of performing miracles on your behalf because he loves you. If your life has proven anything, it's proof that God comes through for you just when you need him to come through for you. It's proof that God's not going to fail you. It's proof that God's going to bring you out of it. It's proof that God's going to arrange things in your favor. You don't deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it. He does it simply because he loves you and it's who he is. It's a part of his nature. He's going to bless his children. And so you may say, well, I must have done something to derail it. No, you're not that powerful to derail the love of God. God says, you may have messed up, but I still have a plan for you. You may, you may have been unwise with some decisions you've made, but I'm going to bring you out of it because it's who I am. It's what I do in my nature. It's because of my love that I'm going to bring you into the promised land. So they're facing now this wall. It's obstruction. They can't go past it. They're saying, I thought God promised this to me. The truth is, just because God promises you something doesn't mean it's going to come easy. Just because God promised you something doesn't mean it's not going to require faith to obtain it. So, so they're coming up to this place. The enemy's afraid of them. He's heard of what, they heard of what God has done for them. They're coming up to these walls now. They're just beyond the promise. They're this close to what God has for them. They find this obstruction there. It looks impossible to take down. And God does not say, here's an army of angels. Go and scale that wall. God does not say, here's a wise man that I have spoken to a dream. Go and implement this strategy with your mighty army. God does not say, hey, I'm going to do something. I'm going to split the ground and it's just going to open up for you. God gives them this strange instruction to march around the walls for six days, once a day, and then on the seventh day to go around it seven times. You see, God does not think like you think. 
God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's ways are higher than your ways. The reason God will sometimes have you do something out of faith, the reason sometimes God will bring about a miracle in a different way is to prove to you that he is your source. You see, you may have lost your job and tell yourself, oh my goodness, how am I going to survive? But you're only saying that because you've forgotten who your source is. You may have come up against a situation where you say, well, I don't know. How I'm going to persuade that person to change. I don't know how I'm going to witness to them in such a way where I'm going to capture their heart. You forgot that you're not the one who changes hearts. It's God. You forgot that you're not the one who's going to repair the marriage. You're not the one who's going to set your kid free. You're not the one who's going to heal the sickness. It's going to be God who performs the miracle. And you say, well, I don't know my way out of this situation. Good. That's why you need a miracle and require faith. This way it involves God. So God says, okay, you find yourself in this situation. I'm asking you to do something strange. I'm asking you to do something that contradicts your reasoning and logic. And I'm doing it on purpose to prove to you that you don't have what it takes. I do. So God will bring us into these places to prove to us his power. So he didn't send an army. He didn't send a strategy. Instead, he says, go march around, be very quiet on the first six days, and then on the seventh day, you're going to shout. God gave them odd instructions. He didn't give them armies. He asked of them faith. He didn't give them armies. He asked of them faith. We may be trying our best to do what needs to be done. And God honors hard work and God honors you doing the right thing. But when it comes down to it, God is the one who's going to perform it. And when you come into this situation as the Israelites did, it's best just to go with what God is saying. Because if you do it God's way, then it becomes God's problem. And when it becomes God's problem, there's a solution. So now we see that God doesn't give us what we think we need. He will shut a door just to prove to you that it's not that door that was going to do it for you. I don't know how many times in the ministry where I've had money come in through one source or an open door in this way or maybe a TV program that do for us a certain thing and then I expect the next year for that TV program to launch us to a new level or that donor to come through with that gift again. And every single year it's different because God shuts those doors so that we stop trying to knock on the door and instead try to fellowship with him. God will show you that it's not the other source that you're looking to that's going to bring about the miracle. He's not going to ask you to do something that you understand. He's not going to do it in a way that you plan because then it would be your plan and not his. We say, God, send the check this way or God, send the breakthrough that way or have the person get saved through this way. How do you know that just because they didn't get saved when they stepped foot in this service that he's not going to have someone meet them out there on the streets to cause them to repent and come to him? I, 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 was, I was telling... um. We were at uh, where the, 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 the Holy Grail of restaurants where we always go. Lazy Dog. <laughs> Pastor Omar, we went there once and that was it. We haven't stopped. <laughs> so we're at Lazy Dog and I'm, I'm sitting there. Um, I'm sitting there, you know, we're, we're fellowshipping and all that. And there was this whole thing that transpired where this waitress comes up to us. I don't know how she figured who we, who, out who we were. We try to be very, um, you know, polite all the time just in case they do um so she finds out who we are she has me sign uh one of the books uh, carriers of the glory so give it to her we're, we're praying with her fellowshipping we all we all gather together we start to pray for for her you know her brother it was a brother who was in the gangs and doing all these things that was just you know not a good scene so she's like oh my goodness i want to take him to one of your services problem is didn't never worked out never happened they never made it to one of our services. 
But it was interesting to me how God doesn't always work the way we think he works. You know, I think of, for example, I think of people like uh, Lenny, who, who I was talking to the other day, Lenny Gonzalez. He has a whole other story that he told me. I'll get back to that in a moment. But he told me another story, the way God used him. He was, he was praying with this family in the hospital. Um, they, apparently, one of the young men was in a gang. There was a shooting. God, 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 for some reason, just put it on Lenny's heart to reach out to this family. Like, he, he felt drawn to do it. He felt drawn to be a part of their hardship. So he goes to the hospital, visits the family, prays with the sister, and says, I feel that God sent me to your brother. And he goes and starts praying with the brother, and, and God's really using Lenny to minister to that man's life. It turns out that that guy Lenny is ministering to is the brother. That waitress was the one he saw at the hospital. And he tells me this. He says, yeah. He says, do you know some lady who works at Lazy Dog? I said, I'm there like two times a week. I know everyone who works at Lazy Dog. He said, well, she said she has one of your books, and she ran into you, prayed for her, and God sent me. You see, it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. The moment we prayed right then and there, we prayed for her brother. God dispatched Lenny. She was hoping I would go to him. She was hoping the, we had all these pastors. Like we just taped the TV programs, had all these famous preachers around the table. She was hoping one of them would come. None of them came. They all went back to their states. I didn't go, but God sent something else. You see, you, you, you don't realize that, that God is working on something and a series of events. You know, you always hear these say, God is getting ready to, God is getting ready to. God is not getting ready to anything. God is doing it. He, he's already doing it. Everything is in motion. His, his, his plan is already happening. There, there, you see, he sees several steps ahead like a chess game. He's, all, he's already got checkmate. It's already done. He, and it doesn't matter how the enemy moves. He's already going to beat him. So he's already planned the situation out. It may not come the way you think it's going to come, but it's going to come. It's the power of a sudden miracle. Go now to Joshua chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. So Joshua goes back. He delivers this instruction. We're at verse number 6. Let's actually go down to uh, verse 10. He, he repeats back to the people. He says, here's what the Lord told us to do. He tells them about all the instructions, how they're to march around. And then in verse 10, he says this, do not shout. Do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you. Sounds like some of you talking to your kids. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. Don't shout until I tell you to shout. Not a single word. Think about what he's saying. Not a word. Don't say anything. What an odd display. All these people marching around the walls. Just, just don't talk to me. He said not a word. You know how hard it is to get a group of people to not talk? Anything more than 15 people, if you, it doesn't matter. It, someone is going to talk every few seconds can imagine a whole army just not talking, just marching around. Why did he tell them, no, don't talk, don't say a word? See, some of you are trying to force things to happen in your timing. You're trying to talk in your timing instead of shouting in God's. You're trying to make it happen as quickly as you can. This is the difference between the person who trusts the Lord and the person who doesn't. The person who trusts the Lord actually leaves it to the Lord. The person who doesn't says, I trust you, and then tries to go and make it happen. 
Now, please understand, I'm not saying that we are to be lazy and inactive. But I am saying that anything you do in fear, you do in vain. I'm going to say that again. Anything you do in fear, you do in vain. If fear is the motivating factor behind what you're doing, some of you have made the situation worse by acting in fear and trying to go and fix it. But if we will have the peace of God, the peace of God doesn't mean that I don't have issues. It just means that I'm stable. Okay, there's the issue. There's the storm. And you kind of just take a deep breath and walk through the storm. I forgot who. It's a great quote. I wish it was mine. But somebody said, faith is taking the first step even if you don't see the entire staircase. I'm not going to try to make it happen in my timing. I'm going to trust. See, that's, that's the real beauty of being able to trust God. It's that we trust that it's finished even when we don't see it manifested yet. I've told this story before. I remember one time I was, my, my illustrations are always financial. I don't know. It's my gift, I guess. Um, and I remember I was stressing about this massive need. And, I, and you talk about faith. My goodness, the kind of money you have to raise for TV is just, it's, it's ridiculous. And so I was like, Lord, there's no way this is going to come in in time. There's no way. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm going to take care of the need. I said, okay. And then I went on stressing about it. You see, worry is the flesh's powerless counterfeit for prayer. Worry is how your flesh prays. And so I'm over there worrying. I'm stressing. Oh, maybe I'll do a fundraiser. Did a fundraiser, fell flat. Nothing happened. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll have a dinner with some of my high donors. And I did the dinner and nothing. They all, they, I think I paid the bill too. So I was like, now I'm even worse than off before. So I'm like, okay, uh, ha, I'll, I'll, I'll push a book marketing thing. We'll, we'll sell more books. Nothing I did worked. I tried everything. I just was stressing, stressing, stressing. And finally, some guy just comes out of the blue and says, hey, God told me to give this to you. He hands me the check. I look at it. It's the amount we need. I'm like, thank the Lord. I thank you, God. And I felt all this relief. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, when you can trust me like you trust a man's signature on a check, then you have faith. See, I had faith in that man's check and his signature. That check still could have bounced. He could have just been some crazy guy who wanted to meet us and say, here's a check. You can rejoice because God already said to the Israelites, I'm giving you the land. Land is yours. Just go through these motions. That's the situation in your life. Some of you, you've received a diagnosis. Some of you, um, you've, 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 you're facing a difficult situation. I don't know. There, there are so many things represented. I almost don't want to list them because some of you are hearing something different inside right now as I'm talking. You're picturing your struggle and your circumstance. But you're facing that issue and everything in you knows God's going to do it. But then the enemy... He's going to lie. He's going to sow doubt. God is looking for a people of faith. faith. Faith is the confidence that it's already done. Faith is the deep knowing that I don't even have to worry about how this turns out because I know in whom I have believed. Faith is the confidence that God's power is greater than the enemy's power. Faith is that confidence. That's why the Bible says faith. Is, do you ever think about that? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's as good as having the thing. It's the evidence. It's proof to you. Of things not seen. You realize your faith is proof of the existence of God. That you have faith is proof of the existence of God. Some of you that you have faith at all is a miracle. 
And so we have to recognize that God is going to come through. Don't rush it. Don't push it. Don't try to make it happen in your timing. Just walk with the Lord. Obey God. Is this blessing you this evening? Just, just obey the Lord. People ask all the time, what's the secret? The secret, the secret. I'm like, what is this, like a new age cult? No, there's no secret. It's very simple. You trust and obey. I'm going to give you the secrets right here. Here we go. Secrets of the kingdom. You trust and obey. Now, those are simple, but I'm going to tell you, they're very difficult. Both of them. All the time. Trust and obey. Do I believe God? Yes. Do I believe what he said? Yes. Then that's settled. It's done. And so we have to recognize that God is the one to perform it. Go now. Let's go to finish this off. We're going to read verses 11 through 16, and then I'm going to skip down for the sake of time to verse 20. This is what the Bible says. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest again carried the ark of the Lord. That's the presence of God there. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns again. The armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark with the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. Wow. I'd be done after the first. On the 17th day, the Israelites got up at dawn. I don't know if I'd even do that. And marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, my goodness, as the priests sounded the long blast of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, don't worry, I'm not going to make you do that. We're not going to shout here tonight, but it's illustration, okay? For the Lord has given you the town. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, say suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed. And the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Now, this is interesting to me for two reasons. The first reason is this. I find it interesting that they're marching around this, the, these walls once a day for six days. So that means six days go by and they're not seeing a single thing progress. I speculate that not even so much as a crack in the wall appeared. Imagine. Marching the first, okay, you're excited. That first day, that's, that's, that's the day everyone's going to do, right? That's like the January 1st at the gym. It's packed, and by February, it's done. Everyone, okay, like, let, let's go, let's do this. That's why you need to hire Eddie Vargas. He'll, he'll come straight to you in your home. I get a percentage of that, okay? So, so, so they're, marching, they're marching around, right? First day, yeah, we did it. Awesome, let's go back to camp now. We're good. Second day, all right, here we go. Now, if you know me, I am not a morning person. My entire life and schedule is built around the fact or the idea of sleeping in. So, so I, 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 I can't imagine every day, six days. So I go, march around, second day. Okay, all right, we're still in this. We're still in this, all right. Those walls, they're going to come down. They're going to come down. Third day. I know Joshua said not to talk, but do those walls look like they're coming down to you? I don't know. Do you, I can't. I don't see anything. There's no cracks or anything in the wall. 
okay, well, maybe there's some murmuring. They go back, you know, this is kind of silly. We could just try to just hold them out, cut off their supplies and wait it out. No, this is what Joshua said God wanted us to do. All right, well, let's keep going. Fourth day, I would start to doubt, to be honest with you. That's the thing about, about, about this, this everything. I mean, everything, please hear me. If you hear anything I say, say this tonight or hear this tonight. Everything that is worth having will at some point cause you to want to quit. Did you hear what I said? Everything, everything that is worth having will at some point cause you to want to quit. A good marriage, is it worth having? At some point, it's going to cause you to want to quit. I got a, a baby girl now. Her sleep patterns cause me <laughs> to want to quit. I'm like, Jess, can we just hire like a 24-7 babysitter until she's like two? She's like, no, Jess loves that, that little girl, so do I. But that sleep pattern causes me. It's like one long day. Some of you business people. Okay, it's worth having. You see it, but, but it's going to cause you to want to quit. The ministry God blessed you with. You, don't th- you think the enemy is just going to let you do ministry without mind battles? No way. No way. Not a chance. You don't think the enemy is going to attack you in your emotions and in your mind? Why? Because, because that high call, it's worth it, but it's going to cause you to want to quit. Everything that is worth having will cause you at some point to want to quit. And here's the reality. Persistence doesn't even begin until you want to quit. Those first three days, that's not persistence. Persistence is when I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. And then I keep going. So no signs. I speculate no signs of any cracks in the wall. Nothing's coming down. Everything's as it should be and... They're probably marching. Six days go by, and then they're thinking, okay, so tomorrow we got to come back and do more in one day than we've done in all the six days combined. Do you realize that the spiritual warfare, the, 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 the intensity of the battle, the intensity of the emotional turmoil, the intensity of the mental anguish, the intensity of the situation is at its peak just before the breakthrough. The intensity, the weight of the situation is at its peak just before the walls come down. So if you're in a battle right now and you've been pushing this thing and you feel like you got that boulder, you're pushing it right up to the top of the hill. You want it to go over to the other side. You're giving everything you've got to get that thing over that hill. You are going to feel the most intensity, the most pushback, the most resistance, the most tired, just before that thing goes over. 
And some of you are there right now. You're hanging on by just a very thin thread. You, you're, you're, you're t- it takes you everything in you just to get here tonight. It took everything in you just to smile on your way in. It takes everything in you just to keep going, just to keep praying, just to keep pushing. And I'm here to tell you that that intensity, that heaviness of the situation, the chaos of it all is proof to you that you're almost there. Turn to your neighbor and tell, this is a prophetic declaration. Turn to someone and say, you're almost there. I'm talking exponential. I'm talking the next level. I'm talking about when things begin to accelerate. You see, there's growth and then there's exponential growth. There's addition and then there's multiplication. There's blessing and then there's abundance. There is an element of peace in your home and then there is joy. There is the settling for what's good and then the obtaining of what is great. I'm here to tell you that though you've been in what is good, you're about to enter into what is great. You're right there. You're right there. I'm telling you by prophetic unction from the Holy Ghost, you are right there. You're closer than you think you are. There wasn't a prayer that was wasted. There wasn't a time that you stood in there and said, I'm going to keep going. There wasn't a moment that was wasted. There wasn't one instance where you said, I'm going to continue to put my faith in God. Not a tear was wasted. Not a prayer was wasted. Not a breath was wasted. Every bit of effort was put into this. And you are right there. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's the law of God. If I persist, if you keep on sowing, if I keep on putting that into the ground, if I continue to sow what is good, I will reap the harvest if I faint not. That's a law of the Spirit. It's inevitable. It's immovable. You can't scratch that out. You can't erase it. That's the Word of God. You're right there. And then suddenly, everything will be different. Suddenly, everything will be different. Suddenly, you're going to get to this new plateau and you're going, to, you're going to say to yourself, I didn't even think this was possible. I had always dreamed of it being this way, but I never thought that it would actually come. You are about to step into a life where you're going to look around and say, is this a dream or is this really my life? God is going to do it. Some of you who've been believing God for breakthrough in ministry, for the bigger and the better things, not so you can consume it, not so you can be proud of it, not so that you can inflate your ego, but just because you know it's what God called you to do. And you've been seeing the growth steady and surely, but God says it's going to go from steady and sure to abundant and skyrocketing. There's going to be an exponential growth. Some of you have been believing for your families to finally come together. And though you've kind of been at peace and though there's kind of been the ease of tension, God's about to bring joy and laughter into your household. God's about to break through those walls. I I, I can see it right here. I, I know God promised it. I know God has it for me. I know it's waiting just on the other side of my obedience. And if I can just step over to that place, it's going to happen. So they march around that seventh day. They go, one two, three. I'm not going to do the march around. It's cliche. And so they go, they go seven times and then they do this silly thing where they shout and it is silly. I don't know why God told them to do it. Maybe he got a kick out of it. I don't know. But they all scream and right before their very eyes, those walls come down. This is not an allegory, by the way. There was a geological survey done of the land where they believed that these walls were. And when they looked at the ruins, they discovered that the only way the ruins could have landed that way would be if they came straight down, as if something pushed them down. You should look that up. It's a very interesting study. But this actually happened. And so I'm here to tell you that though it may look impossible, 
That's the power of the suddenly. You don't, how do you know that by the end of this year, God's not going to turn it around? Look, what tragedy has the power to do for the negative, a miracle has the power to do for the positive. A tragedy could happen in any moment. I'm, not, I'm just being real with you. Tragedy, you can, someone, dead, done. That's a tragedy, and it has the power to change everything. And some of you, out of fear, are expecting, anticipating, waiting for the tragedy. You need to reverse that. And you need to allow faith to rise in your heart so that you start expecting and looking for the miracle. Because when the miracle comes, when the miracle comes, it shifts everything. And there's a transformation. It takes one chance meeting. It takes one individual for God to send. It takes one circumstantial shift. It takes one incident. And then suddenly, everything is different. I'm not promising you your life is going to be perfect, but I am promising you this. What God promised will come to pass. What God said is final. Do you believe it? If you believe it and you want to seal this by faith, come stand at this altar right now. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.